The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, that is available up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area. And then on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. You can click on that and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's our channel, so please subscribe to that when you check it out. 
And then also beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. We appreciate those guys carrying us as well. Uh, but wherever you're at, you can always find us right here, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page there. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Those go out once a day between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern usually. That includes the morning show archive. So if you hear something on here, uh, the link to the article, the video, the document, whatever, all of that will be available for you in that archive. And it'll look something like, uh, for the video audience, this. This was yesterday's show, Virginia's Bait and Switch Education Tactics. Uh, so if you missed that, you want to see what the morning show archive looks like, there it is. Click on that. You'll see the video. You'll see the podcast. You'll see all the links that uh, Lynn gave me that we didn't even get to get to. And uh, you'll get some bonus videos in there and the like. So all that stuff is in there. So be sure to to check those out. And you can get it right in your email inbox by signing up for it right there. And then finally, if uh, you would like to keep us out there doing what we're doing on the Internet, radio, and among the people, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, we really do appreciate appreciate your support. By the way, those of you on the video platform, I think there's a way. I mean, if you really, if you want to, there is a, there's a little... I don't know, a green dollar sign thing. Uh, and, and this is on Rumble. It's right beside where you type in your comments. If you want if you want to, to donate, you can donate through there, too. I think that goes directly to Sons of Liberty uh, through Rumble. So if you want to do that, that's there. It, it, that's an option you can use as well. All right, this morning, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all of the stuff that continues to come in We've seen unconstitutional. You know, I, I we had Angela reading on the other day, and she and I had a little conversation after, you know, the show. And of course, she's going to law school and, and this, that, and the other. And and it was a good interaction. Don't get me wrong, but I, I kind of sit here, and I've said, you know, the fourth the Fourth Amendment. It seems pretty clear to me. It's to protect us from specifically the federal government. Um, going through our stuff, we're supposed to be secure in our papers and our persons and effects. We're supposed to be securing those from unreasonable searches and seizures. And she says, well, that's where they get you is, is this reasonable or is it unreasonable? Is it reasonable to have you take your shoes off, to pull everything out of your pockets, um, to be treated like, you know, cattle run through a, a gate somewhere? Is that reasonable because allegedly Islamists, a specific ideology, got on some planes, allegedly, and attacked America. I say that's unreasonable. There was a clear ideology behind it. Unless you have that ideology, you shouldn't be stopped. That would be the first thing. How are you going to determine that ideology going through the scanners and everything else? And we've seen over the years who they pull out for specific things. Is it usually somebody that looks like, and when I say looks like, I'm talking about they come from a certain part of the world where Islam is dominant. And even that, I kind of question, because there's a lot of our brothers and sisters who have converted from Islam to faith in the Lord Jesus. See, now they blanket everybody, and they pull kids out. They get babies looking for diaper bombs. Some of you know what real diaper bombs is, right? That's <laughs> where they need a diaper change. But they pull out old women 
who have colostrum bags. They get people who are in wheelchairs. And most of these people don't look like they're from the Middle East. Not that all people who follow Islam are from the Middle East. Okay, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it is unreasonable to the average Joe if you really break down what they're doing. And the same thing happens with assault weapons bans, uh, so-called assault weapons bans. By the way, there is, as far as I'm concerned, there is no such thing as an assault weapon. Because anything can be assault, an assault weapon. Um, you know, I can use this glass here. I could use my glasses. I could use this glass bottle as a weapon if I want to do that. I can assault somebody with it. I could grab this microphone. It's pretty heavy. And I could use it as an assault weapon to assault somebody. No, they're arms. Specifically, when we're talking about arms in the Second Amendment, they use that term so that, one, it's not defined just as a gun or a musket or a pistol. It also says that it's that right to keep and to bear them is not to be infringed. This whole argument that we're seeing right now with, um, you know, people wanting to pass constitutional carry. But think about that a second. Constitutional carry. The Second Amendment is clear. Your right to keep and bear arms. It doesn't say whether it's concealed or whether it's open. It doesn't say that. Your right to keep and bear arms. If you want to stick a samurai sword on your back, I have no problem with that. Walk down the street with it. Come in the store with it. But the moment you pull that out to attack somebody, you're going to get shot in my area. You're going to get shot in our area because people do carry. So I bring all that to the forefront because, again, the right to keep and bear arms has been attacked for a long time now. But especially, especially since we moved past the area of the Sandy Hook stuff. And I'm going to take you back a little bit um, to some legislation that was done after that. Because I want you to see some of the things. Now, most of you listening to me, this is probably going to be old school for you, okay? Because you're aware of these things. This would be for people who don't know these things. And by the way, this is not just, this is a number of angles that this particular God-given right this is, that government's supposed to be protecting, that they don't, they infringe on it all the time, which is exactly why from top to bottom, from right to left, from Republican to Democrat, from conservative to liberal, I'm telling you right now, the best way to deal with this is to dissolve the beast that's been created. It ain't getting smaller, folks. It's not getting smaller. And the more you vote, however you vote, and you think that's making a change, it's amazing to me that, that the people who voted in the last several elections keep telling you, vote, we're going to get this, we're going to get that, vote, vote, vote. And they're the same ones acknowledging there's massive voter fraud. It's like a disconnect here. Vote, vote, vote is going to, you know, vote for these guys. They're the good guys. And they're just as bad as the other guys. They've got a mask on making you think they're better than they're I'm going to show you a couple of those here in just a second, too. But here recently we've had um, uh, more than a dozen attorneys generals from states. Uh, they wrote a letter to Joe Biden. And they basically told him his, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban ain't happening in their state. 
nope, we're not giving, no, we're not doing any of that. It's not going to happen here. Uh, this comes from Guns in the News, and we put this out yesterday at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Following a State of the Union speech earlier this month in which President Joe Biden, uh, I, I like to say, in which usurper Joe Biden yelled, Banned assault weapons now. The president predictably included the same demand last week in remarks at the National Association of Counties Legislative Conference. Let me tell you something. Anybody calling for any ban on any weapon is a traitor to the United States. Anybody. This guy is a treasonous Son of a gun. No pun intended. And he's wanting to ban these, these what they call, weapons of war. And we did a show on this the other, the other week. The Second Amendment was written to protect, get it, listen, weapons of war. Why? Because the first part of the Second Amendment, which most Second Amendment organizations never touch, is the fact that it is necessary I want you to listen to this. It is necessary for the security of a free state to have a militia. And you can't have a militia to guarantee the security of a free state if they aren't armed to the teeth with the same things that government has. So if government has hand grenades, guess what? The militia should have hand grenades. If the government has nukes, yep, I, I'm going to say it. They should have nukes. There's nothing to fear from, from lawful people having those. There's everything to fear from godless tyrants having them. Okay? Nothing to fear from lawful people having them. And the militia is made up of law-abiding men. Able-bodied men able to enforce the law. That's their job. We've lost that concept, and we're scared to even use the word. I hear people, i got some yahoos, who are telling other people that I own tactical, tactical Civics, that Tactical Civics is mine. I'm trying to get your photo. You can put up whatever photo you want in there. You can go in there and be in there and do whatever you want. It's not my site. It's an educational tool to teach you how to be the militia, how to install that in your county. Call it whatever you want if you're scared that you're going to use the term that's a constitutional term anyway. Knock yourself out. Show how fearful you are in using those terms. That's what you are, fearful. I refuse to be that. I'm just going to call it what it is, and I'm going to point back to the Constitution, which is the law of the land, or that's what it says it is. So with this said, this is part of that article there. I'm going to say something that's always controversial, but there is no rationale for assault weapons and magazines that hold 50, 70 bullets. Got it done once, going to do it again. This is, uh, this is Joe Biden. Yeah, you got it done once, and what did it do? Nothing. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. You don't need magazines that... Oh, at, least he got the, at least he got the terminology right. He didn't call it a clip. By the way, I should pull out what a clip is, just so everybody sees the difference. The clip is a little metal thing. Uh, you'll usually see this in the 5.56 that I know of. That's the only ones I've seen it for, at least in the, uh, in the commercial market. It, it's a little clip that holds like 10 rounds right along the little groove of the back of the bullet. Okay, that's what a clip is. The magazine is usually the polymer or the metal piece that goes up into the, the, the firearm that holds the bullets. 
or as I tease my kids with, the bullets. So this is this is what's there. And he's saying, you don't need all this. Okay, Joey. Well, then how about we suggest that all of our military get rid of all of their magazines, all of their belt-fed um, weapons, and why don't we go with 10-round magazine capacity or let's go with New York and their SAFE Act. Don't they have nine rounds? Anything that holds above nine rounds, they kind of get you in that because you know, even your twenty twos will hold ten rounds. So if it holds that, why don't we send them out to battle that? Well, that's different. They're fighting a war. Yeah, you know what? The militia is here to ensure that government doesn't get out of control. And our government is armed to the teeth now. Ron Paul, I played that video some weeks back where he warned about it in the 90s, arming these agencies like the Bureau of Land Management, the the post office, the you know wildlife and whatever those, those guys are, the Forestry Service, all this kind of stuff. He warned about arming them. You are making a standing army permanent in all of these agencies. That's what's going on. Do you understand why I say you've got to dissolve this thing? You're not going to fix this. You've got to dissolve it. It's already embedded in the thought process of this beast that's growing in D.C. You've got to dissolve it. So, some days later, here's what came out. This is a letter from Austin, I hope I say this guy's name correctly, Nudsen, Nudsen K-N-U-D-S-E-N. He is the Attorney General of the state of Montana. This is uh, this is the letter he sent to uh, usurper Joe Biden, uh, February fifteenth, twenty twenty three, and uh, there are several other attorney generals from other states who have also signed on to this this uh, letter. Let me read you just a couple of lines from this, and we're going to look at some history on these quote unquote assault weapons ban. He says, last week you called on Congress to ban so-called assault weapons. While you failed to define the very epithet that you proposed to ban, we know that this is by design. Yeah, and if you find out, if you get people on the street, they can't define one either. I had a video, and I should, probably should have pulled that up to, to show what it was. While you failed to define the very epithet that you proposed to ban, we know this is by, by design. Anti-gun And then look, they're not anti-gun politicians. They're anti-people-having-guns politicians. They're fine with them having guns. They're fine with their details having guns. They're fine with government having guns. They're fine with a police force that has guns. They are not fine with the populace having guns. That's This, this anti-gun, no, that's not what they are. They are pro-gun, but they're pro-gun in the hands of government. They're pro-guns in the hands of government. And this is why they stay in government for so long. I mean, Dianne Feinstein's been in there for good grief. 50 years in Congress, this is a lady who had a who had a guy for twenty years who was a driver and advisor who was a Chinese spy. She's still in office, getting ready to retire. That's another traitor, the crypt keeper herself, right out of uh, right out of uh, Southern California. There, politicians like yourself, Joe Biden, use the misleading label of assault weapon to scare Americans, expecting us to endorse your efforts to criminalize law-abiding gun owners. We also know that your personal definition of assault weapons is staggeringly broad, encompassing all semi-automatic weapons. This is I'm going to show you this in a minute, guys. They don't just mean a scary-looking AR-15 or an AK-47. They mean your run-of-the-mill SIG, your run-of-the-mill Glock, your run-of-the-mill H&K, from a handgun to 
a, a pistol to your rifle, your semi-auto rifle. And everything in between. And I'll show you that in just a minute. He goes on and he says, Last November, in a moment of unscripted candor, you stated to reporters that the idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. And yet, isn't Joe Biden the one who has a Beretta? Yeah. What is it, a 92 that he's got? It's kind of like the old guy. You guys remember that old show with the guy with the bird with the parrot, Beretta? I think he was known for having the Beretta 92. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It was back when I was a kid. Yeah, that's what Joe Biden has. It's sick, Joe Biden, that you have the very thing that you want to ban from everybody else. It, you're just sick. And I mean that, actually. It has no social redeeming value, zero, none, not a single solitary rational rationale for it except profit for the gun makers. This is such a hypocrite. This guy is such a hypocrite because he has it. He has the very thing that he wants to ban. And, uh, of course, um, the Attorney General out there in Montana goes through. You can see he's written several things here. Um, he points out what's something the most obvious. A crime victim armed with a gun is much safer than a victim without one. That just goes to stand, doesn't it? I mean, I think everybody can get that. How many women have been raped, murdered? I can remember the story. Oh, it just breaks my heart every time I think of it. Lady up in New Jersey had applied. You know, you go through the application process, and they want to take seven to ten days or whatever to get back with you, so you can go buy a gun. You have to get the approval of the state to go buy a gun, and during that during that time, the guy that she wanted to get the gun to defend herself against murdered her. The state of New Jersey has blood on its hand for that lady, and I'm sure others as well. That's exactly what was going on. So there's this. Then we come down to near the end. And again, you know, I don't know why. I can't understand for the life of me why even these guys don't get the idea to say, look, the Second Amendment, when it talks about the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed, is talking about weapons of war. Why won't people say that? Are they going to get a bad sound clip? Is that what's going on? Are we worried about the sound bites? Yep, a lot of people are worried about the sound bites that they give. We're doing everything out in the open here. Whatever I say to you is in a context. It's in a certain context of what I say. Anybody can play that context they want. If they choose to believe a lie because somebody pulls something out of what I say, apart from the context I say it, well then... They're lying. They're bearing a false witness. And the context bears that out. This is why I encourage people. You, if, if, you care, if you want to take the Sons of Liberty, you want to download the show, and you want to upload it on your... And knock yourself out. As many copies out there as possible is good. And there's a reason for that. Because they do things like this. They take what you say out of context, and they try to use it against you. But here is the letter. And then at the bottom of the letter, I want you to see... Not only does Mr. Knudsen sign it from Montana, we've got uh, attorney generals from Alabama, from Alaska, from Arkansas, from Idaho, from Indiana, from Iowa, from Kansas, from Kentucky, from Mississippi, from New Hampshire, from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, 
from Texas, from Utah, from West Virginia, and from Wyoming, all of these attorney generals have signed on to this, this letter that was written to the usurper. And they told him, we're not having what you're doing here. You're way outside the line. Here's what I want to ask, though. How many of these AGs are enforcing other unconstitutional federal gun laws? Every one of them is illegal. Every one of them. If the right to keep and bear arms is not to be infringed, and you have a law dealing with arms that infringes on the right to either get it, to keep it, or to bear it, why, why not make a big stink about that too? Background checks for one. Again, you know my stance on this. Background checks are the exact opposite of American ideology. We're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty. In fact, this is the biblical model. You're assuming somebody is innocent. There's a charge brought against them. You bring the evidence. You bring the witnesses in. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter is confirmed or it's established. We see this in the New Testament, not just in the Old Testament, but we see it in the New Testament. We went through Matthew 18. We see two or three witnesses that are there. We see Paul admonishing, uh, you, you, you deal with a person two or three times, and after that, you consider them a heretic? Well, why? it's not you as an individual dealing with them. The idea carries over from that discipline that you've confronted them two or three times. First, you confront them yourself, alone, privately. Then you confront them with another, another witness, two or three witnesses that you take with you. Then you bring it before the church. Then you excommunicate them if they won't repent before the church. The idea is to win your brother. And you have that, and then... These things come about. What's going on here? Well, they want to they want to criminalize you because you simply have something that they are supposed to be protecting. And they aren't. So what are they to you? They're traitors. Yeah, those Democrats. Those are, yeah, well, we're going to see. It's a little more than Democrats. A little more than Democrats. Speaking of, and I'm going to jump over here just a little bit. I'm going to jump ahead of myself, I think. I have to uh, define, I, I opened up so many things today. This is speaking on, and we're going to cover a lot of things of which they're hitting here, and it's information that maybe you know, maybe you had heard, maybe forgotten, whatever the case is. I just kind of want to remind you of a lot of these things. So this is Thomas Massey. This is from an article I did in 2018, and he's warning how both parties your Republicans and your Democrats are going after your rights and looking to take your guns. And how, how are they going to do that? No, background checks are one of the issues. I want you to listen to what Thomas Massey has to say here. Listen. Hi, this is Congressman Thomas Massey here. We've got about a week to act. I want to let you know what's going on in Congress as far as gun control goes. You've heard a lot of ideas being floated in the news, raising the legal age to buy a long gun, for instance, or a new assault weapons ban. Any number of bad things have been mentioned, but I wanted to boil it down for you. What's actually going to happen, the gun control play they're going to run here in Congress is the one that I unfortunately predicted back in December. Remember back in December, they put the National Concealed Carry Reciprocity on the floor? And I warned folks, 
when they put inside of it a bill called Fix Nix that they were sneaking into it gun control that was endorsed by Senator Feinstein and Senator Schumer. Well, uh, unfortunately, that warning has turned out to be true. I want to play you a little bit of my prediction. This is back in December. I did a podcast with Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review. Now, don't get me wrong. They will, they're not uh, going to do this without some cover. They will wait for the next crisis. They'll yeah. wait for the next shooting where the, six next, where the next system failed. So here we are. We're at the next crisis. Now, um, our leadership promised members here in Congress that they would not bring uh, the Fix Nix bill, the gun control bill, to the floor if they didn't at least bring the reciprocity bill with it the same way they did it previously. And uh, 40 members of Congress thanked them for their promise and then sent them a letter that said, uh, we write to communicate that we will oppose any attempt to bring Fix Nix to the floor of the House for a vote unless it includes language substantially, substantially similar to or identical to that of H.R. 38. H.R. 38 was the reciprocity bill. See, I told all these guys, they were getting set up by leadership, that the reciprocity bill was just a Trojan horse and that the Fix Nix bill would come back without reciprocity attached to it. Now. Why is this so bad? What's wrong with the Fix Nix bill? Well, there's a problem at the VA right now. I've heard from people that work at the VA and I've heard from veterans who've encountered this problem. If you tell the VA that somebody else manages your money, they can take away your right to own a gun. They put you in the Nix database, but it also, not only can you not go to a store and buy a gun, it's illegal for you to possess a gun or even to possess ammunition. And veterans are getting thrown into this system every day. They're having their right to own a gun stripped merely because they say they don't manage their own finances. This is an Obama-era policy that was put into place, and it's part of it stems from the last time they tried to fix NICS in 2007-2008. They passed a bill called the NICS Improvement Amendments Act, which metastasized into the Obama gun control plan at the VA. Now. My colleagues in Congress, they know the problem exists at the VA. They're totally ignoring it now. Here's how I know they know. Because a year ago, a year ago, almost to the week, in March, we passed a bill called, uh, it was 1181, the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act, that was going to fix the problem at the VA where veterans were being deprived of the Second Amendment rights without due process, no judicial review. Does that sound familiar? Well, it passed the House. Almost every Republican voted for it. Some Democrats voted for it. And then it stalled in the Senate. Now, that's the problem that exists. That's the problem that every member of Congress knows about because they saw this debate last year. And that's the problem that's being ignored. And that's the problem that's going to get worse if they pass Fix Nix. What Fix Nix does, this has been introduced by Cornyn in the Senate. And it has Feinstein and Schumer's full support, in fact, our co-sponsors. What Fix Nix does is it throws money at the states to put more names into the database, and it penalizes people, workers at the VA if they don't you know, rigorously turn in these veterans' names into the Nix database. Now, they're pretending this has something to do with the shooting in Florida. It has nothing to do with the shooting in Florida. I just came from a briefing given by the director 
the deputy director of the FBI, where they explained how the FBI got all these tips and then ignored them. They dropped the ball. Folks, see that? Those folks that are working at the FBI, they need can, they need fire, they shouldn't have a job right now. The and FBI folks, shouldn't exist. Even do that. It wouldn't even do anything to take away their bonuses for their lack of performance there. So fix next. Anybody that's being honest about this will tell you would do nothing to stop the school shooting that happened in Florida. It's an unserious uh, solution. If you want a serious one, how about my Safe Students Act that I've introduced every t term that I've been in Congress, it's HR 34 this year, would repeal the Federal Gun-Free School Zone Act of Amen. 1990. Amen. Right there. That's a serious solution. Until we start doing things like that, uh, we're, we're just advertising our children as being vulnerable in, in these um, schools, in these gun-free zones, because as you well know, 98% of mass public shootings happen in a gun-free zone. I say put our kids in the 2% where they're safe instead of the 98% where they are vulnerable. That's right. Now, am I just you know being chicken little here? Am I saying something that's not going to happen? No. Our leadership has announced they are bringing fix next to the floor next week. That's why we only have about a week. They're going to sugarcoat it. They're going to put like a gel capsule. Okay. All right. So you get the idea. Now, this is in 2018. This was after the uh, the Parkland shooting. That's what he's referring to. And he was warning, this is not just a Democrat issue. This is something that you, your so-called Republicans are doing too. They're all behind this. In fact, what was the thing that we heard? Uh, just, just, just so we're clear... That we're not going, that we're not, uh, you know, we're we're not uh, just picking on Democrats here. Um, this is uh, the self-proclaimed, and I say that the self-proclaimed pompous. I'm your favorite president. This is him after the Parkland shooting. Just to remind everybody, it wasn't edited. This is the whole thing. Listen to this guy. Of this, and uh, I think you in your meeting with governors earlier this week, individually and. And as a group, we spoke about um, about states taking steps, but the focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. And allow due process so that no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but any any weapons. In the position or of that might take the firearms first and then go to court. This is Mike and Donnie. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like no. in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. Yeah. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Yeah, and, and Donnie likes that because he's unconstitutional. Maybe he forgot the Fifth Amendment. Maybe Mike Pence forgot the Fifth Amendment. You don't take people's liberty or their property, which guns are, unless they've been indicted, unless they've committed a crime. You don't just take it because, hey, I think this guy's really bad, and I got some people that think he's really bad, and blah 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 blah. And you're gonna go tell a, uh, if you listen to what he's saying, you go tell a judge, and you get an order to go take their guns. They haven't been indicted; they're not convicted of a crime. Well, Tim, these people could be dangerous. Yeah, and so could you. So could you. Did you get mad at your coworker the other day, and you scream obscenities at them? Or did you just fly off the handle about something that, that didn't matter? You got mad that something wasn't working and you 
yeah. Said some things you probably shouldn't have said. Yeah, do you want them to come to your house and take take your guns because somebody who was listening doesn't like you very much and said this guy's a danger to himself. He could he could come in here and kill us all. Is that what you want? Be careful about where the road you're being led down. Be careful about the road you're being led down by these people. Now that's Donnie. And then we have Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Says he's for the second amendment, right? But doesn't want you bringing guns to his political rallies. Oh, well, Tim, they have laws against that. See see how you think? They have laws against you bringing your guns to political rallies, but people like Ron DeSantis, people like Donald Trump, people like Joe Biden, people like Dianne Feinstein can go to political rallies, and they'll make sure they have guys with guns around them. But no, not you little peasants. Uh, we know that we're supposed to be protecting your right, except for... When you go in a government building, except for when you go into a school building, except for when you come to a political rally. Do you see what they're doing? And the people are just fine with it because they think, yeah, some crazy person come in here and kill. Not if all of you are armed. Because the minute that person pulls out his gun, the people who are there to hear the person they're there to hear are going to kill that guy. He's not going to get John Hinckley treatment. They're going to kill him. They're going to stop him. And I've told you guys about Lobby Day in Virginia. Go up there. You want to see a polite society? There's one right there. Armed to the teeth. Tens of thousands of people, elbow to elbow. Bumping into each other. You never met such a nice crowd. Such a gracious crowd. Such a meek crowd. From all walks of life. Never met it. These are the, And this is just on the Republican side here. There are other ones. There are others like this too. But let me take you to, to a couple of things. Uh, and I would rec- I'd highly recommend, I'm not going to play this, but uh, this guy right here, uh, if you guys don't know John Lott, John Lott has been around for a long time. He's the president, the founder of Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, he's the one who's gone behind a lot of this government propaganda that's been put out against guns, and he's shown that they're lying to us. And the gun confiscation groups don't like him. Uh, but we'll have this up in the archive. You'll be able to check this out um, a little later on. Now, this is, speaking of Parkland, this is a, let me see if I can blow this up a little bit. This is something that David Hogg, you remember that guy, uh, this guy who was an actor. I mean, he, he he literally was an actor. We caught him several times acting for his little video performances. Filthy mouth. His mom and dad ought to be ashamed of themselves. Uh, but here here he is. And this is what he was calling for. Ban military-grade assault weapons now in two easy steps. Well, first of all, Davey, the the citizens usually don't have access to military-grade assault weapons. Actually, they're not even assault weapons, as I said before. Sometimes I get even caught up in the rhetoric. They don't have access, in most cases, to military-grade weapons. They just don't. They're semi-automatics because they're made for the quote-unquote civilian population, which I think is kind of goofy. Um, and look, I agree with people that, you know, the only time you need like a fully automatic weapon is if you're laying down some cover, you're doing something. But, but they, are, they do have their place and they are necessary and they shouldn't be banned from the population or you shouldn't have to pay an extra $300 tax, which I know they say it's something else, but it's really a tax, just so you can have it or pay for a, a suppressor. You have to pay extra for it. You can own them. But 
this is the way it is. So Dave puts out, and he says, when it comes to gun violence and military-grade assault weapons, Congress won't act. It's because, Dave, the Second Amendment says you're not doing fringe on that. But David doesn't believe in the Constitution either. David is an immature, controlled little man. That's what he is. And the sooner he figures that out, the better. Maybe he would get it and say, wait a minute, what have I been promoting? This isn't what we should be doing. But he doesn't do that. Neither does the little ball-headed chick that he was running around with either. No wonder they call Florida the gunshine state. That's kind of new. Hey, I would wear that proudly. The gunshine state. The only way to ban military-grade assault weapons like AR-15s is at the polls. Um, what? Okay. He wants you to sign and return this petition, and and he says about the only thing more powerful than an AR-15 is a vote. Really? <laughs> Dave, have you been paying attention to the last couple of elections? The vote isn't that powerful. I'm, I'm not seeing it. If it is, somebody correct me because I'm sure the majority of people that listen to this show, whether you're on Red State Talk Radio, whether you're on an internet outlet or whatever the case may be, you'll say, well, there was voter fraud, ma- massive voter fraud. No. An AR-15 might be as powerful as massive voter fraud. That might be, that might be the issue. Now, one of the ladies who, who pushed this, and she was there with, uh, with Donald Trump when you, and you saw just a little while ago, um, the, the issue with uh, after Parkland where Trump says, oh, I'd, I'd rather take the guns first and due process second, completely backwards from how the Constitution lays things out, the completely opposite of his oath. Right there, just saying that, and he was the one backing the red flag laws, by the way, he was the one who was pushing those. His DOJ was funding states to write red flag laws. Yep, he was. And people still want to put this guy back in office. I just, I don't get it. Nevertheless, this is from 1995. And you remember when he said that and he incorporated Diane Frankenstein and had her come in there and she was just like a little giddy witch that he was going to give her opportunity here? This is what Feinstein said in 1995. Many of you have heard this. Some of you, this might be the first time. This is what she said in 1995. I believe this was 60 Minutes. I'm not sure, but uh, it's just a short clip. Take a listen. California Senator Dianne Feinstein worked for more than a year to get the assault weapons bill passed in the face of ferocious opposition from the National Rifle Association. She says she got the best she could. If I could have gotten... 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them. Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in. I would have done it. I could not do that. The votes weren't here. Just stop and think about that. The votes weren't here. Not the law hinders me from doing it. The votes weren't here. I'm telling you, it is a crime syndicate. They could give a flip about what the Constitution says. They're just doing whatever the heck they want to do. And that's not Dianne Feinstein. If I could have done it, if I'd have had the votes, I'd have said, turn them all in. And let me just show you. This is, um, and, uh, this is Investor Times. They have, they have apparently bought 
the archives of freedomoutpost.com. Now, I started Freedom Outpost in June, I think it was, of 2012. So they, they, they archived them, which I'm glad they did, that we didn't lose everything that was there. But they archived the articles. They just took out all the links. They don't attribute it to an author, which kind of makes it difficult to remember what did I write and what did I didn't write. But some of them I do remember writing on. This was, this was from 2015. Okay, this was Dianne Feinstein's quote unquote assault weapons ban that she introduced. This is after Sandy Hook. Okay, and um, here's what here's what we read here. When she talked about assault weapons, she meant any 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 semi-automatic weapon, a handgun, a rifle, whatever, shotgun. According to her site, certain other semi-automatic rifles, handguns, shotguns that can accept a detachable magazine and have one military characteristic. A military characteristic, I don't know, is that can they be black? Can they be camouflage? Do they have a movable stock? Uh, do they got a pistol grip? See, all that kind of stuff, does it have a scope? All that stuff can be considered one military characteristic. Um, she goes on, or this is this was part of the report that I had here. You may be thinking that the weapons you already own that fit in these categories will be grandfathered in. You'd be correct. So if you if you had these, they're going to grandfather them in. They're going to let you keep them, but you can't get any more, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. However, as I pointed out yesterday, grandfathering requires the following: background check of owner and any transferee. So you got the guns, now you have to prove that you're still innocent so you can keep your guns. you got to give them the type and serial number of the firearm. That's going to create a registry. And they're already doing that. They're already building registries as best they can get away with it. Positive identification, including photograph and fingerprint. Did the founding fathers have to do any of this stuff? Just asking. you got to identify who you are to get a gun. And by the way, I think gun confiscation and that whole thing, the, the whole gun control nonsense, is going, going to go the way of the dinosaur. It's got to. And the reason being, 3D printing is not going to, they're going, we're going to be able to print so many guns, it's just ridiculous. So let them do what they're going to do. Men will always find a way to go around tyrants. They will always find a way to go around tyrants. In addition, there's an additional tax for you to pay when you register those weapons under the National Firearms Act that you already own. According to NRA's Institute for Legislative Action, quote, the NFA imposes a $200 tax per firearm. So they're going to charge you a couple of hundred bucks more for every weapon you already own that would fall under this. I did. It's it's absolutely incredible. And this guy, uh, R. Hawkins, I think he used to write over there at Breitbart on a lot of uh, gun issues. He says, if we're foolish enough to embrace a ban on any weapon in the coming Congress, then we are unwittingly embracing a ban on every weapon. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As soon as you move down the road for any kind of restriction on any kind of arms... And I use the term arms because I believe this applies to knives, spears, swords, bazookas. Pick your thing. The framers of the Constitution used the word arms. They didn't use the word guns. 
Second Amendment just isn't about guns. It's about arms, period. Here's those things. Let me give you a couple other things here. This is from 2018. Um, she tweeted out September 13, 2018. 24 years ago today, President Clinton signed our assault weapons ban into law. Over the next 10 years, there were 37% fewer gun maskers and 43 fewer gun masker deaths. But in the 10 years after the ban expired in 2004, gun masker deaths rose by 2000, or 239%. Hmm. Well, again, uh, she got her information from the Washington Post, who's tied to Jeff Bezos and the CIA, um, and included the section in Louis Clarivas, I hope I said the guy's name, of the University of Massachusetts of Boston in his book Rampage Nation. Um, but one of the things that, that was pointed out was how she was twisting and taking out of context things that were there. This is why, especially when we go to the Bible, what do we do? We go to the context. You can quote from me a verse all day long and make it say whatever you want it to say, but if I go to the context, it might be, yeah, that verse is the Word of God. No, I'm not going to argue with you over that. But then we go back to the context of what comes before and what comes after it, so that we see what the context is or why that verse was even written, then it might be that you using that verse, you're using it out of context, which means you're using it wrongly. Okay? So here's the part where she picked that out. Compare with the 10-year period before the ban, the number of gun maskers during the ban fell by 37%, and the number of people dying from gun maskers fell by 43%. But after the ban lapsed in 2004, the number shot up again, an astonishing 183% increase in maskers and a 239% increase in masker deaths. And we pointed out, while this guy mentions high-capacity magazines factoring in as far as a ban, he apparently produces no evidence of weapons used in the shooting being tied to that. And we know she hasn't done any research on this. She gets somebody to do a cardboard thing for her. She waves around a gun with her finger on her trigger and talking about everything and just shows her ignorance of weapons in general. And then she went and introduced another one. And here's what we, what we do find. Back in 2012... We find the reality of what took place in one of those assault weapons ban. In 1992, the United States had a violent crime rate of 757.7 per 100,000. The murder and non-negligent manslaughter rate was 9.3 per 100,000. When you consider the numbers, we're talking extremely small percentage. Nearly 20 years later, would you think that the United States' violent crime has increased or decreased, especially in light of the fact that there are hundreds of millions of guns in our country? If you said increased, you're wrong. In 2011, the same reports shows that the violent crime rate has dropped in half of what it was in 1992. Ooh. Ooh! With no assault weapons ban in place. That's what? That's almost 10 years. Um, no, excuse me, 20 years. Almost 20 years. The violent crime rate reported in 2011 was 386.3 per 100,000. 
How about that murder rate? Same thing. It dropped nearly 50% as well to 4.7 per 100,000. That's in 20 years without an assault weapons ban in place. And you can go on and you can read some of this stuff for yourself. I'll have this up in the archive so you can check it out. You can On, on this one, at least, you can go to the links and everything else, too. Um, and then we also saw this year. This is, um, I think this is Guy Jarrett over there at Guns and Gadgets. Yeah, he had reported on this. This is out of January of this year, January 18th, 2023. Here's where they're submitting another bill where they want to ban all semi-automatic firearms. It's the same thing that, that, that Frankenstein wanted to, to, to do. And yes, I'm, I'm saying that on purpose. The same thing that she wanted to do, here they are doing it. Let me hit these real quick, and these will be in the archive. You can check them out. The federal government's own study concluded its ban on assault weapons didn't reduce gun violence. This is from John Miltmore over at FEE. Then we had uh, this one. Uh, this one really gets under my skin. This is uh, uh, Kamala Harris, and I want you to listen to what she says here. Just listen to the absolute insanity that comes out of this lady's mouth. Listen. I want to bring in Wallace Bubar. He's a pastor of the Central Presbyterian Church here in Des Moines. Pastor Bubar. Good evening. Good evening. As a pastor, I have observed and witnessed firsthand the devastating effects of gun violence on families and communities. Uh, Several years ago, I did a funeral for a young man in Philadelphia who was shot and killed. Uh, We had here in Des Moines just three years ago a teenager who had been part of our church's tutoring program who was shot and killed. Uh, As you know, the rates of gun violence in America are astronomically higher than in other Western democracies. Uh, What do you think can be done, and uh, what would you be prepared to do to address the problem of gun violence? Yeah, well, thank you, Pastor. I mean, um, and and I know that for, for... Folks like you who have to stand strong for so many who look to you for strength, even when you're grieving, um, and to keep pushing on to lead um, is, is so important, and thank you for that. Uh- okay, I'm going to pause this because we got to close out the show, so I'm just going to go over just a few minutes, and we'll play this. this is, it's pretty important what she says, because in the, one, in the one breath she's talking about taking guns to save lives, and the next she's talking about pushing for the murder of the unborn. Yeah, this is the this is the reprobate minds that we're dealing with who are in office, and this guy should know better than ask a politician for any of this. Anyway, Bradley, be with you at three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. We'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, bright and early, six a.m. Talk to you then. See ya. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and this just has a few seconds left uh, as we listen to Harris here. And, um, you know, she tries to present herself as she's very smart, very intelligent and stuff. That Now you know how she got where she is. She got there on her back, literally. And we know that from Willie Brown. So here's what she has to say. Here's the rest of what she has to say. Um, you know, here's the thing. We have got to have smart gun safety laws in this country. And we've got to stop buying this false choice. 
you can be in favor of the Second Amendment and also understand that there is no reason in a civil society that we have assault weapons around communities that can kill babies and police officers. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, stop and think about that a second. You can believe in these... What was the... She used a different term there. Some kind... It wasn't common sense, was it? Common sense gun laws or something like that. That's what people say. There is no such thing. It's common sense gun use. That's what we should have. (laughs) But she says, we can have these laws in place that can kill babies and police officers. Not that can kill you, you little peasants that I'm talking to you like, Pastor. You know, Pastor ought to know how to deal with these situations. He's got the Word of God. What's he doing asking a degenerate like Kamala Harris how to deal with things that he should be enlightened enough by the scriptures to deal with. It's probably because he doesn't know the scriptures. It's probably because he doesn't know them. But I want you to notice the difference here. We can't have these 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 weapons in our communities that kill babies and police officers. They kill babies. I'm keeping emphasizing. These guys that kill... Let me ask you something, uh, Kamala. Uh, am I missing something here about uh, do the abortion doctors now use a semi-automatic pistol, revolver, an AR-15 or something to, to get these babies out of the, the mother's wombs now? Am I missing something? Because she's most definitely for beheading, dismembering, burning alive the little babies that grow in the womb. She's all for that. Are they are they sending in the supply of these weapons in there to do it? Furthermore, she talks about and kill police officers. Well, police officers are armed, chick. I mean, he's they're armed. In fact, they're armed with the very quote unquote weapons of war that you guys want off the street, which means you want them out of the hands of the people, but you want them in the hands of the agents of the state. You see this twisted kind of garbage they're trying to put out? This is what they're trying to do. We also have Feinstein. Again, lady who's been in office for 50 years, pushing against... um, the right to keep and bear arm, pretty much our whole time. She she took and uh, she was pledging, this was in 2018, to fight against the right of teachers to be armed. Now, you guys know what I think about public schools. I don't think much of them. But why violate the rights of the people to, I mean, if you're going to send your kids in there, you don't trust them to, to defend your kids? There's a part where I, I kind of question it, especially if they're willing to teach some of the crap they're willing to teach. But what got, what got her into this? Well, let's go to the Los Angeles Times. This is from 2018 as well. Diane Feinstein was settling into her office at San Francisco Hall, City Hall after a two-week vacation in the Himalayas. wonder where she got money to go do that. Former colleague passed by, but 
didn't respond when she called out. She heard gunshots and then silence. The year was 1978, and Feinstein was president of the County Board of Supervisors. She was the first person to discover Supervisor Harvey Milk, a wicked, wicked sodomite that they named a ship after, one of our Navy ships after, on the floor of his office. I could smell the gunpowder. Harvey was on his stomach. Feinstein told the Times in an interview, I tried to find a pulse. I put my finger in a bullet hole. I'm kind of... Uh, you know, I kind of wonder if, if she actually did any of that. That's just me. A few hours later, she became the face of a national tragedy, tragedy announcing on the balcony of the city hall that former supervisor Dan White had killed Milk, one of the nation's first openly sodomite elected officials, and Mayor George Moscone. I became mayor as a product of assassination. I'm just going to tell you, it makes me wonder. It probably makes you wonder. <laughs> With that said, if there's something intentional about her getting that. I just, I, just me. Just me. That's how she got started in all this. And she's the one pushing it. This is a lady who had a Chinese spy in her office as her advisor, as her driver for two decades. And hasn't gotten so much as an investigation much less a slap on the wrist. She's going to get to retire. You're, you and I are going to get to fund her pension. We funded her corruption all this time. Now we're going to get to fund her pension. So I say all that to say this. We've been through 1 Samuel. We've seen what happens when a people are disarmed, even the people of God. And when the day of battle comes, who's got, who's got weapons? Well, we saw Saul and his sons had them. Nobody else had them. And they were easily overtaken. We've seen the Lord Jesus tell the disciples to sell their cloak and get a sword. It's not so they can go commit crimes. It isn't so they can go murder people. It's so they could defend themselves. And self-defense is all through the Scripture. It's, it's never condemned. Never condemned. But what happens is you get these people who don't know the Word of God, they don't even know the Constitution, and they'll trample over both of them in order to make it appear like they're doing something for your good and for your safety and for your children's safety. Let me tell you something. Listen carefully. The only people who can ensure your safety is you. And the biggest way you do that isn't even through guns, by the way. Your biggest element of being safe is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what we read out of Psalm 91 when the whole convids thing was going on? 10,000 are going to fall at one side, 1,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. It won't come near you. And it also means that you're wise enough to understand the wickedness of man. If you have a family... Especially if you have a family. If you're a father, if you're a husband, you have a duty before God and before them to own a weapon. You, you have a duty to do it, to defend and protect them from those who would make prey of them. And if you don't do that, I mean, this goes right back into what Paul is talking about with widows to Timothy. If you don't do this, if you don't provide for those who are of your own household— you are you've denied the faith you're worse than an unbeliever we have a duty to do that this is why we have rights 
rights to perform our duty. You have a right to speak so that you can perform your duty of presenting the gospel that saves men from their sin. That points out their wickedness and calls them to repentance. That tells them this is why Christ died. He died as a substitute for sinners. Because that's where every sinner needs to be. Hanging on a cross, dying. Dead. In the grave. So we have our, our rights so that we can do our duties. These people want to eliminate our rights, thus eliminating our ability to do our duty. Do you follow what I'm saying? And part of that is contained in the first part of the Second Amendment, which is the militia is necessary for the security of a free state. Do you know why the states aren't free? They don't have militias. Not active ones, not ones that work. This is why I pushed for that. Get the information. Whether you join tactical civics or not is irrelevant to me. If you get the information, you start implementing it. And then if you want to give back to them $5 a month or whatever it costs to do it, $50 a year, you can do that. Go learn the information. Start implementing it with the men in your, in your area. By the way, I, again, I don't own the site. I know somebody has said I do. I don't. I just think it's a good idea to learn those civic duties. But here's what we're faced against. And again, let me give you the names of these guys in case you're in their state and you want to maybe write them and say, thank you for sending this in. These are the guys who are opposing this assault weapons ban. And then at the end, I would ask them, are you, are you enforcing any other federal gun laws? Because you need to stop doing that too. They're unconstitutional. Here's the guy's names. These are all attorney generals from different states. The guy from Montana is Austin Knudsen. I, I, again, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Steve Marshall from Alabama. Treg Taylor from Alaska. Tim Griffin from Arkansas. Rawl Lab Labrador of Idaho. Brenna Bird of Iowa. Uh, Theodore Rokita from Indiana. Chris Kobash from Kansas. Or maybe Kobach, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Daniel Cameron from Kentucky, John Formella from New Hampshire, Lynn Fitch from Mississippi, Alan Wilson from South Carolina, Ken Paxton from Texas, Patrick Morrissey from West Virginia, Sean Reyes from Utah, and Bridget Hill from Wyoming. You know, when they do when they do the right thing, give them a pat on the back. Maybe it'll encourage them to do the right thing further. But also throw in there if they're enforcing any other federal gun laws, encourage them. Hey. Why don't you put out a letter on this and stop enforcing that, too? Because it's just as unconstitutional. Keep that in mind, okay? A good word, a good encouragement sometimes is better than a good tongue lashing. Give some encouragement where they do it right, and where they do it wrong, yeah, you can give them the tongue lashing, but give them a good pat on the back. I'm glad to see that they're saying, no, we're not going to have anything to do with it. And you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to keep coming with it. They've, they've put these quote-unquote assault weapons ban, just since Sandy Hook, what was that, the end of 2012. Just since there, I don't know how many of these, these kind of bills they have. They, they have one at least every year. Some of them more, far more invasive than others, where they want to go after everything unless you've got like a revolver. And even at that, some of them want those. Just remember this, and I'll close with this. You do not have constitutional rights. You don't. You either have God-given rights or you don't have any. Constitution was written so that men might enforce the protection of those rights. 
you need to start referring to them as God-given rights. That's your appeal to heaven, that he is the one who gave you rights. Because if men change laws, if they just like we were hearing with Angela the other day, if they want to write things, if they want to get a press or whatever, then you have to determine whether or not that's a, that's a legitimate law and whether that's a legitimate ruling. You have to determine it. That's not anarchy. Anarchy is when they go and they violate the law by writing pretended legislation or you get a court that rules completely against what the law clearly states. That's anarchy. They're the troublers of Israel, not the guys who just want to be left alone. You are the final arbiter. I don't care what anybody says. You're the final arbiter of what is right and wrong in conjunction with these things. And when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms, whatever they are, it's abundantly clear. It's not to be infringed. It's clear. A five-year-old can understand it. And I don't care if the Supreme Court rules against it. I don't care what laws they write. They're pretended laws and they're pretended rulings. And good, honest men are going to have to start taking the side of the Lord and saying, nope, that is not what you're authorized to do, and you are acting lawlessly and wickedly against the people, and we're not going to submit to it. And you can call it anarchy if that's what you want. I'm going to put myself under the Lordship of Christ because those who are put in the position as ministers of God have moved out from under that, and they're departing from God wickedly. I'm not standing under that. And you shouldn't stand under it either. That's all I got for today. Hope you guys have a great day. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And again, we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See ya.